Elton John with Cold Heart. That was one of my favorite remixes this year and it came out in the summer so it just reminds me of like summer vibes and it also sets the tone because today our back in time segment is focusing on the 70s and obviously it wouldn't be the 70s without a bit of disco and a bit of Elton John. So without further ado I've got a special guest here in the studio today. Uh, Sadie would you like to say hi? Hi! <laughs> So Sadie is one of my friends who is in first year doing liberal arts and she is joining me today to discuss all things 1970s. So without further ado, I'm going to give you a little bit of a lowdown about what's going on in London this week before we take a step back in time. So my museum pick for this week is the v Fabergé Romance and revolution and this is a really interesting exhibition it looks at the jeweler Karl Fabergé so you've got the Russian Russian imperial easter eggs which he's famous for as well as some of his other jewelry it's a really good sort of retrospective um, my art pick for this week is at the Saatchi, which is my favourite art gallery. They have like a constant rotor of different exhibitions, different artists. So every time you go, there's something different to see. And it's, I really love the Saatchi. So it's well worth a visit. Um, this exhibition is called America in Crisis, and it brings together 40 leading American photographers who explore so social changes in the US from the 60s until the present day. So it's a really interesting period. So much has happened uh, in terms of social change in the USA. So you've got things, everything from like Trump to segregation and Martin Luther King. So it's a really, really interesting exhibition with some very poignant photographs, well worth a visit, and I believe it's free. Um, so my night out pick, Sadie will back me up here, mm -hmm. is Platforms at Corsica Studios, and we actually both went on the same night. Yeah, we didn't know, we didn't even bump into each other, it was only afterwards when we were talking to each other, we were like, wait... You're you were at Corsica. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really fantastic club night. And if it's the King's DJ sock doing it, it mm -hmm. is literally full of King's students. It's really, it's a really brilliant night out. Um, and you always bump into someone, you know? Oh, Just yeah. not us bumping into uh -huh. each other. No, I bumped into people on my course that night. It was like third week. I was like, wait, do you do liberal arts? It's like a classic. <laughs> Are you in my seminar? I've seen you somewhere. It's a good night out. And what's nice is you get a lot of like DJs who are from Kings, who are like up and coming, and you can sort of help support them. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good night out. And I think tickets are like three pounds on RA. And I've never had a bad night out at Corsica. It's always good fun. And what I like about it, I don't know if you feel the same, is it's quite a small club. So it feels quite like intimate. Yeah, definitely. 
And as I said, you always run into someone you know. I can't believe we didn't. It's not even that big. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my night out pick. So while I'm going to stop waffling now and put on Grillers Feel Good Ink. This is one of my favorites. I think it's just a bit of a bop. So here we go. time to the 1970s. Before we do that, every week I like to give you the lowdown on my favourite parts of London. So this week is my my home district, my stomping ground, Bloomsbury. And yeah, I, I love Bloomsbury. The reason I wanted to live there was the lovely terrace houses, the proximity to all these wonderful museums. I'm a bit of a like nerd. So I love the fact that you've got the British Library, the Senate House Library, the Petrie Museum, the British Museum, all the museums. Um, and it is just such a lovely part of London. Some of their, the former residents of Bloomsbury include everyone from Catherine Tate to Sylvia Plath to Charles Dickens. It's, as I said, one of my favourite parts of London. Um, and actually, Sadie will be able to back me up on my place to eat suggestion. So, my favourite place to eat in Bloomsbury, I discovered this on a night out with some friends in first year. We were on our way back from the pub, classic, and one of my friends, his halls were in Bloomsbury. And so we were cutting through and we stumbled across this Italian restaurant. It was 10.30 on a Friday night and it was packed. 
And this restaurant, me and my friends all go to. Uh, Sadie and I have been mm-hmm. a number of times with our parents. Uh-huh. No, I knew you were going to say Ciao Bella. Yeah, it's Ciao Bella. <laughs> it had to be. Uh-huh. Um, it's on Lamb's Conduit Street. As I said, I've been with Sadie. I went on my birthday. I've taken all my friends there. Um, Ciao Bella, yeah. where to start? Uh-huh. It's run by Italians. And so, you know, it's like authentic. The food is it's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> and they have some really lovely, like, pe- the pizzas. Mm-hmm. They're ginormous. Absolutely massive. <laughs> I think, did you take yours home the first time we went? Or did you have pizza? Or am I... Thinking- I can't even remember. The pizza's <laughs> really good. The pasta is equally good. Uh-huh. Um, the desserts are also... <laughs> I'm quite fond of uh-huh. them too. Every time we go, Izzy always gets a tiramisu. Yeah. It's... It's my favourite. I on my birthday they stuck a candle in one <laughs> for me. So that tells you everything you need to know about my love for Ciao Bella. So we can both say that that is mm-hmm, definitely a place to eat in Bloomsbury, especially if you're hungover. It's, <laughs> I think we went one Sunday after we'd had. Oh, I don't think we were hungover. But we were tired. We yeah. had a late night. I think we had been up to discussing the <laughs> Beatles versus Rolling Stones today. <laughs> which we discuss frequently and we went to Ciao Bella and the pasta Mm -hmm. it hit the spot it hit the spot um so my place to drink in Bloomsbury is the Coral Room this bar is part of the Bloomsbury Hotel it actually won the GQ award for the best designed bar in London it's got a lovely sort of art deco feel you can imagine if there was like an Agatha Christie murder mystery it could well be set here um, the cocktails are amazing. It is a bit on the pricey side, but if you want to like splurge, the Atlantic Roller cocktail is delightful. It's a slightly uh, questionable shade of blue. <laughs> Sadie's looking at me like, oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It, I can recommend that as a place to drink. Um, I've staggered out of there on quite a few occasions. Um, the best kept secret in Bloomsbury is somewhere I, this is embarrassing, I discovered this place on TikTok. <laughs> um, I, it's an underground cocktail bar in what was a Victorian public toilet. It's actually near Ciao Bella, so it's convenient. You can go for drinks and then go to Ciao Bella, or go to Ciao Bella, then go for drinks. Um, they do like sort of small sort of nibbly sharing plates, um, charcuterie boards, and the cocktails are amazing. I think they've got a branch in Clapham as well. The melon bomb cocktail tastes like watermelon bonbons. It's incredible. Um, I can definitely recommend. I've done research there. Mm-hmm. Um, the playlist. I think you would like the playlist actually, Sadie. It's lots of kind of like sixties and seventies like tunes i remember going in there one day and they were playing like the beatles they've played everything from like disco music to kind of 60s kind of blues music it's a real variety um so the playlist is always good actually i think they have a spotify account which has gained like a bit of a cult following where you can follow their playlist my dad likes to play them like pottering around the house he's like oh i'm just gonna stick on the wc playlist um he's actually known at wc as martini man i went in there before going to a tate late with some of my girlfriends in september 
and uh, the barman, Bill, who unfortunately knows my family quite well now, was like, oh yeah, see so her martini man in the other week, because my dad is so pedantic about his martinis, <laughs> how they're made, and him and Bill have been like, perfecting it, it was mortifying, they were like, oh yes, yeah, so your dad is uh, quite the martini connoisseur, I was like, oh god. So, yes, WC, I must stress, book in advance if you go, because it's a big, uh, not very big, rather, venue, and it gets really full up. Um, it's quite hard to miss, so probably Google image it before you go, because you will probably walk past it. But WC Bloomsbury is the bar. So before I finish off my things to do in Bloomsbury, I'm going to break it up a little bit with... Amy Winehouse. This is my favourite Amy Winehouse song of all time. It still makes me sad that we're never going to get another Amy record and she's such an icon. Like every time I go to Camden I walk past the statue of her and it's it's such a shame that she died when she did because she was so talented and there'll never be another Amy Winehouse. So this next song is Tears Dry on Their Own. And this regret I got accustomed to Once was the ride When we were at our height Waiting for you in the hotel at night I knew I had him at my match But every moment we get snatched I don't know why I got so attached It's my responsibility And you don't own nothing to me But to walk away I have no capacity He walks away the sun goes down, he takes the day, but I'm grown. And in your way, in this blue shade, my tears dry on their own. I don't understand, why do I stress the man, when there's so many real things at hand. We could have never had it all, we had to hit a wall, so this is inevitable withdrawal. Even if I stop wanting you, that perspective pushes true. I'll be some next man's underwoman, so I get off rape myself again. I should just be my own best friend. I fuck myself in the head with stupid man. He walks away, the sun goes down. No day, cause as we kiss goodbye, the sun sets. So we are history, the shadow covers me, the sky above the blaze, lonely lovers see. He walks away, the sun goes down.
was uh, Amy Winehouse and Tears Dry on their own. So before we take a foray into the 70s, I'm going to finish giving you the lowdown on Bloomsbury. So my place to shop is Scoob Books at the Brunswick Centre. So the Brunswick Centre is, forgive me for saying this, really bloomin' ugly. It's this brutalist like, monstrosity in the middle of Bloomsbury. What makes it more depressing is they knocked down a load of lovely terraced Georgian oh, houses no. to build it. Honestly, it's... I have, have we been to the Brunswick or walked past it? Quite possibly. It's grim it's not nice but the shops there there's lots of places to like shop and eat my favorite takeout joint hair and tortoise is there um there's a big supermarket i don't know why i'm like telling people where the supermarket is um but there's a bookshop called Scoo Books. It's a secondhand bookshop and it's really handy obviously if you're a student and there's a book you need but you don't want to like fork out for a new one on Amazon or you just hate Amazon because let's face it Amazon is horrible um so it's a good place to pick up secondhand books um and they also have some really like interesting like rare secondhand books it's not like an antiquarian bookshop but they might have like a really niche biography of like Morrissey from like the 70s and they have all sorts of like really interesting books that you might not necessarily find in like a Waterstones. Um, so that is my place to shop in Bloomsbury. Um, my place to go in Bloomsbury, I, w I have to say the museums. This is like basic, but they Bloomsbury has so many like lovely museums. You've got the British Museum, which I spend more time in than I should. The security staff now recognize me when I go there, which is quite embarrassing. They're like, oh, you, and I'm like, yeah, me again. Um, they also do a late night, um, I think every first Friday of the month, um, where the museum's open late. And it's actually very atmospheric in the dark because you've got the famous like covered courtyard, the largest covered courtyard in Europe, uh, the Great Court. And at night, you can see like the BT Tower twinkling, all the lights of the city like above it. And it looks really cool. The museum's atmospheric. Wouldn't recommend going to the Egyptian mummy room late at night. That is quite freaky. And it feels like the beginning of a horror film. <laughs> Um, avoid that. The Petrie Museum, if you like Egyptology, which is part of UCL, is also a fun museum. That's also free. Again, um, Freaky Mummies um, is interesting. It looks like Howard Carter's office when he was excavating in ancient Egypt. Um, yeah, it's a good one, but if you don't like mummies, probably don't go to that. Um, and there's also the Foundling Museum, the Welcome Collection, Bloomsbury is museum land. Um, so yeah, they're my things to do in Bloomsbury. So I'm going to stop waffling now and pass over to Sadie, who is going to introduce our next song. Sadie, over to you. So our like first 70s song is going to be Get Back. Um, obviously, I expect some people will have watched the most recent Beatles documentary on Disney Plus. Um, I like sat down. I think I watched them almost all in one go, or at least the second and third Was one it in like one go. Eight hours. Like, it, in <laughs> don't embarrass me. Like <laughs> I am. I think Izzy mentioned it last week. A very big Beatles fan, and it's just like it's a really interesting insight into kind of the final years of the Beatles. 
obviously kind of the rhetoric used to be like oh they hated each other they always fought at the time and I think even Paul McCartney said like um because of everyone saying it was an awful time he thought that like it was and they were all fighting and there was rumors that like so a false narrative yeah uh there there was rumors that like john lennon and george harrison got into a fist fight and then (laughs) and then you watch it and there's like they have their spats you know they're like brothers um but it's just so nice to see them getting along just like existing together it kind of just feels like you're hanging out with them honestly um and then obviously there's the iconic rooftop concert at the end yes which i mean it is the funniest thing ever because they have police come they like threaten to arrest them and like it's like what was this policeman thinking like if he turned up at a police station with all four of the beatles in tow (laughs) like what would they have said i think he'd probably have got into more trouble yeah (laughs) i feel like the people would be like why but I watched five minutes of it. <laughs> like, it, I definitely see what you mean. It, you feel like you're hanging out with mm-hmm. the Beatles. Like, John Lennon was sat there wearing Yoko Ono's fur coat, with joint hanging out of <laughs> his mouth, playing the guitar. And it, you just felt like you were sort of, like, chilling with the Beatles. And it definitely... I was surprised. I mean, I watched, as I said, five minutes of it. Uh, like how well they were getting on given the narrative at the time is that they hated each other mm-hmm. so it was interesting sorry I interrupted your flow so, oh no it's okay uh, if you would like to introduce the next song Sadie yes yeah, so this song is Get Back by the Beatles sweet Loretta Fat she thought she was a cleaner but she was a frying pan the picture the picker Picks of the fingers, great. Okay.
Girls with Get Back and Sadie actually just told me a very interesting fact about that song. So Sadie, would you like to... Yeah, so where they um, did the rooftop concert at like Apple Corpse is actually like Mayfair. So it's about 10, 15 minute walk away from here. So if you want to go visit, I've not been myself. Take it's probably trip. just a building, but um, an interesting piece of history yeah. to visit. I suspect it probably has one of those like blue plaques. Oh, probably. On it. probably. I, there's one in Soho. I think I've pointed it out to you where David Bowie recorded. I think Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. A couple of other ones. Yeah. yeah. It's know. down like uh, this is a dodgy back alley. Yeah. I think they do tours at that um, David Bowie like. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I keep yeah. meaning to go. Like a sort of David Bowie's London. Yeah. It's um, Trident Studios, I think. From oh, what I remember. Okay. So th- you heard it from Sadie. Trident Studios. It might be worth worth looking at that blue plaque. So we're now heading into our 70s section. Um, the 70s. Where to start? I mean... I kind of, this is going to sound maybe a bit bad, but I, when someone says the 70s, I always think of Almost Famous and like Penny Lane Mm -hmm. and Sadie actually this morning rolled into the studio wearing this fabulous sort of Penny Lane-esque coat Mm -hmm. and I think of like Afghan coat, sort of psychedelia, Jimi Hendrix and is it the parrots that he released into... Have you not I haven't heard story? of that. <laughs> so they're a par- it's parakeets, I think. They're like these green birds. Yeah. And they're you can find them in St. James's Park. And apparently Jimi Hendrix Was that Jimi Hendrix? That's hilarious. I know. Release them. And there's like this sort of new generation of parakeet. But apparently the whole reason they're in St. James's Park is allegedly because of Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, when you think about Jimi Hendrix, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, so, you know, you had, like, the sort of 70s psychedelia, like, obviously Jimi Hendrix and disco. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to an ABBA versus Fleetwood Mac-themed, like, disco club night. Yeah. Well, uh, was it Bricks and Jam? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they used to only do it once a year. They now do it quite regularly. I got an advert on my phone the other day saying, we're having another one. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it's a popular night. And yeah. What we loved about it is it was all the songs that we like knew the words to and loved. They don't just play Abba Fleetwood Mac. There was Queen and yeah. um I think what there was one song that you were like waiting for to come on and you got stuck in the loo queue. Was oh. it? I think it might have been Killer Queen. Queen, yeah. I think so. And we were all like, Where's Sadie? <laughs> and she was like, I missed it, I missed it. And they it, they played like such an amazing variety. People dressed up. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. good fun. Yeah. Um. I think the tickets were like nine or ten pounds. Mhm. Yeah. And I think they do like other ABBA theme nights, not just there. Not necessarily Fleetwood Mac, but um, I went to one in Islington the other day. Yes, yeah, so you were telling me about this. So you went to this like ABBA night in Islington, and uh huh. It was a very last minute thing. I have to say, it was not as packed as the one in Brixton, um, but it was good fun. They did play less like ABBA adjacent music, but it was still quite good. Um, we were there till closing. So what does that sign say? Sign of a good uh-huh, night. Uh-huh. Sign of a good night. Um, yeah, Abba Fleetwood Mac was, I would say, my all-time favourite club night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I 
think the next day we were all fairly croaky. I remember texting you being like, I can't talk. Uh-huh. Well, um, I don't think we can skip over the fact that uh, we got on the wrong bus oh, God. back home. <laughs> home. Yeah, when I eventually got home, um, drunk me was quite convinced <laughs> the the bus going towards well deep into Dulwich yeah what's the correct way home if you come out of the Brixton jam it's quite disorientating as to where you are you think you're deeper into Brixton than you are and yeah I ended up convincing everyone to get the wrong bus home Mm -hmm. um (laughs) not my smartest move and it's fine we all made it back okay that's what matters eventually eventually yeah um, it was a fun night, so if you go, we can recommend it, but do make sure you get the right <laughs> bus home. Um, so our next song is one of my 70s favourites, and I feel like Sadie will back me up here. Uh, the guitar riff at the beginning of Rebel Rebel. Oh yeah. So iconic, and I mean we were just talking about David Bowie's blue plaque, so I'm going to put on Rebel Rebel, and then after that, we're going to go straight through to Dandy in the Underworld by T-Rex. Sadie added this to our playlist and I was like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's, I just love this song and it was in one of my favorite TV series that came out last summer um, based on a Nancy Mitford uh, novel. And it was set in the 1930s, but it had all this cool like 70s and 80s music. And this song fitted in so well. I I love this song. It's a good one. Um, so without further ado, we're going to kick things off with David Bowie and Rebel Rebel. So here we go. <laughs>
Dandy in the Underworld, which is a banger. And before that, we had David Bowie and Rebel Rebel. So our next choice is Fleetwood Mac, Go Your Own Way. I love this song. I Whenever I've been upset about a boy, <laughs> I always, this is like one of my like, screw you kind of songs. Uh-huh. Um, I remember screaming it uh, Abba Fleetwood, <laughs> which is probably why I had no voice the next oh, day. Yeah. Um, but Sadie just told me quite an interesting fact, and we're at, after we've had our little foray into Fleetwood Mac, we're going to drop into uh, some of the Beatles solo stuff. Um, and Sadie was telling me some quite interesting information about Paul McCartney's solo project, Wings. Yeah. So obviously he did it with his wife Linda who I mean I love her so much I love her vegetarian sausages so much <laughs> she um, was quite infamous <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's quite interesting because um when the Beatles broke up um in like the early 70s um people thought Paul McCartney was the reason they said he's bossy it's his fault so he came out with a solo album Paul McCartney just called Paul McCartney um and a lot of people were like, it's awful. Um, and he was like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but then he came out with another album called Ram that was credited to him and Linda. And I love Ram. It was not well received at the time, but it is one of my favorite albums. It's um, funny enough considered to be one of the like albums that created the frameworks for like indie rock obviously it's not an indie album it's Paul McCartney um, <laughs> but uh, I mean it's got um, my favorite is actually um, one he wrote about Linda long-haired lady and it's Aww. so sweet you can hear her she's not a trained singer um, so she's kind of got a very like innocent playful sounding voice um, and it's it just like meshes really well with kind of the it's vibe nice, of the album yeah. they wrote all the songs living in their farm in scotland with their children it's got oh. a very like happy kind of homely feel to it um, yeah it's very much my comfort album um but then a lot of the studio um like players music players i don't know what you'd call them um studio musicians there you there go, we go. <laughs> um a lot of them were then involved in wings um, which was obviously his big band in the 70s. I love Wings. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know for ages that Wings was Paul and Linda McCartney. And I was saying to Sadie, whilst you were listening to David and T-Rex, um, 
I only found out when I like clicked on the Spotify link. I had been listening to silly love songs and I was like, I don't know who wings are. I've heard of them, but like who could they be? And it turns out it was Paul and Linda. Um yeah, I I had no idea, which tells you embarrassingly everything you need to know <laughs> about my music taste. Um I feel like now is a good time to pop on some Fleetwood Mac and then after that we're going to bring you Wings. Um, We'll probably have a short break before we put on Wings because I don't want to get told off by Spotify for breaking their copyright rules. So this is Fleetwood Mac with Go Your Own Way.
Fleetwood Mac because I'm like so used to going to ABBA Fleetwood Mac club nights now I just like lump them in together um so that was Fleetwood Mac with Go Your Own Way um I watched a documentary a little while ago actually about Fleetwood Mac and apparently I think who wrote it I think it was Lindsay Buckingham wrote it and then made Stevie Nicks sing it yeah and she was really upset about having to sing like mm. shacking up <laughs> what you want to do um because that was like not the case uh-huh. and he was quite bitter about no they had it was a very petty band let's yeah. put it that way they, were, they had their ups they're down. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. they created like great music. Yeah, so. exactly. It was it was I guess it was kind of worth it. So our next song, as I said, I didn't want to break Spotify's copyright rules. So we had to have a little bit of a break there. So our next song, as we discussed earlier, is Bands on the Run by Wings. As I embarrassingly confessed, didn't realise it was Paul and Linda McCartney. I know now. So Sadie, let's take it away. This is Band on the Run.
how smooth that fading was, so apologies, listeners. Um, so our next song choice is uh, we're going into the 70s like disco era. I feel like you can't talk about the 70s and not talk about mm-hmm. disco. So disco was like, I think people associate it with like kind of Saturday night fever, but it was so much more than that. You had like all this like, it was considered quite experimental, this disco music. Like no one had heard anything like it because it used all those sort of synthesizers and electronic music. And I feel like disco music is feel-good music. Like, you can't be sad and listen to disco music. And also the outfits, I mean, you uh-huh. have, like... Iconic. <laughs> so iconic. Like, I put my love of, like, glittery platform shoes <laughs> down to listening to too much, like, ABBA as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you only have to watch, like, Mamma Mia the movie mm-hmm. to get, like, an idea about the sort of, like, disco outfits. Um... But the disco scene, like, it was Studio 54 in Mm -hmm. New York. Like, that was the place to go. You had, like, Bianca Jagger there, like, Diana Ross, all the, like, disco divas, um, and Andy Warhol. (laughs) (laughs) It was an eclectic melting pot. Yeah. Um, One of the interesting things about disco is that a lot of people associate it with, like, the whole of the 70s, but actually was only really a couple of years um, oh, I didn't know that which, which I mean don't ask me for which couple of years I have to admit I am not a big disco listener um, but yeah poor poor <laughs> <laughs> I made up for it uh-huh. um, Abba Fleetwood Mac uh-huh. There was a lot of disco. Yeah, and obviously, um, one important thing to like note about disco is the fact it largely originated from black artists, um, and uh, it. I mean, there was like popular um, music by black artists in the like early sixties, like Muddy Waters. Um, like they were the foundation of blues and what became like. The I think they rockin- were a bit of an inspiration to the Rolling Stones. Well, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, and then, obviously, with disco, um, it was almost like the first time it was like radio played black music, um, which, I mean, it's just such a shame that only, I feel like, nowadays, it's barely started that we're, like, almost rediscovering um, black artists from the 60s that I inspired no the Beatles, idea. the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, but like disco was kind of the start of popular black music i didn't know that so uh-huh. i've learned something this morning so disco isn't just abba mm-hmm. they they took it from black artists and ran with it i guess so that was interesting as i said i didn't know that so on that note we're going to play gimme gimme i love the intro to this song i think everyone knows it it's mm-hmm. one of those things you hear it come on and you just know what to expect so without further ado this is Abba and Gimme Gimme
ABBA and Gimme Gimme. And as I said, I learned something new today about black artists being the original uh, sort of, what's the correct word? The people that started the disco movement. It wasn't bands like ABBA. They had sort of picked things up and then got all the credit for it, which seems really quite unfair. Um, so our next song pick, uh, I'm just getting it up, uh, is Good Times by Chic. So these were black artists and they're obviously infamous with disco. Um, Chic were the unofficial like soundtrack of Studio 54. Mm -hmm. um, they even reference it in one of their songs. I can't remember if it's, oh, it's La Freak. One of the lyrics is, get down to the 54 and apparently they actually on one occasion didn't get let in there was a new bouncer on the door and he would not let them in and they were like do you know who we are <laughs> and it kind of inspired them to write Le Freak um, but Good Times I think it, it is a good mood kind of song and I think it's such a classic disco hit and I, do, I think I've told you about this before and listen up view, uh, listeners not viewers gosh this is radio um uh bossy building in Peckham like once in a blue moon they do not do this often enough they obviously have their sort of monthly South London soul train and I'm going to go into more detail about that next week it's a brilliant night out but they also did this club night and I remember telling Sadie and I was like if it's ever on RA like whoever spots it just buy tickets because they sell out fast called Disco Freaks and they play all the old disco music like Chic um like Donna Summer on the original vinyls like I think so many DJs now rely I mean I say that sitting here with everything on my laptop on modern technology but there's something like amazing about DJs that use the old vinyl I went to a party Friday night and one of the DJs was using like the old vinyl and it just I think sounds better mm -hmm, definitely I'm a big vinyl collector yes um, I forgot you are aren't you? <laughs> yeah but I insisted on bringing both my record player and I think I managed to narrow it down to about half my records in the end because I would have filled up my desk um, but I insisted on bringing them to uni with records, me. Records, uni work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but no, vinyl, I think it's had such a like resurgence as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people like having like the mu physical like copy of the music and it does just sound better. Yeah. And there's something satisfying about putting a record on a record uh -huh. player and like getting and a needle. Just the whole experience, like opening it up, it usually has nice artwork yes. on it. And then you get like the special collectors one, like different colored vinyls. It yeah, gets no, me very I excited. I'm such a vinyl nerd. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought for ages you could just get the black ones. And yeah, you, they mm -hmm. come in like clear, a variety of colours. One of my friends had, I think it was like, I want to say Charlie XCX. And <laughs> it was like a clear, glittery affair. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not sure they were using that at Disco Freaks. But yeah, if you're ever in Peckham on a Friday night and they have Disco Freaks on, go. Because nothing beats vinyl mm -hmm. and disco music well you know out of the blue the ELO yeah. album they do a version of that where it's like a double vinyl album and it's blue <gasps> okay <that's laughs> cool. I'm, I'm childishly overexcited by things that uh-huh like no I, I like scoured ebay I was like I will find a blue one <laughs> I, I mean it's in the name of the album like it had to be mm -hmm. blue. oh that is I like that 
So without further ado, I'm going to pop on Chic and this is Good Times. that we want to play for you today. So our next song is by Queen. Um, and I'm gonna hand over to Sadie because I loved Bohemian Rhapsody, the film. I went and saw it three times at the cinema my gap here. Sadie is sat here shaking her head. I hated it. So I'm gonna <laughs> hand over to you and let you talk all well, things Queen. I do have to say Queen was like my first love. 
Queen is what got me into like 70s, 60s kind of music. So I have had a long love affair with Queen. Um, so I was really excited for Bohemian Rhapsody to come out. But I didn't actually see it for three years, weirdly enough. I watched it, I think it was the beginning of last year. Um, and I was very, very disappointed. Bitterly. <laughs> Bitterly disappointed. Um, because it's not very accurate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have heard that quite a bit of an artistic license was used. Like. Yes. Well, um, certain members of Queen nowadays um, like to make them seem, uh, <laughs> slightly, <laughs> slightly, uh, different than they are. Let's, okay, uh-huh, so... uh-huh, and they like to paint Freddie, a certain member, well, Freddie is, I mean, the member of Queen, Queen yeah. um, as slightly different to how he was. Basically, they wanted to make a very PG film. Oh, um, so they like tidied things but up. But Freddie's life was not very PG. No, I mean, no, you, it wasn't. You hear about these queen parties that they had. They sound wild. Um, the one in the film seemed quite tame. It, yeah, very, very tame. Um, so, yeah, so you're, you're saying that maybe that they had like things they up. did um one of, i have to say one of the funniest parts about that film is roger taylor is my favorite member of queen i'll just put that out there <laughs> um, um and you could tell he chose who played him because he'd look kind of picks on that like kind of look like him except way more muscular <laughs> It's like, if I'm going to be represented, I might as well, like, Uh upgrade myself Uh kind of vibe. Yeah. um, I actually went to see Roger Taylor live um, last October. Um, We got... It it was, like, third or second row seats. I was there with my dad. Um, And... Hi, Rob, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh There was one point um, in... It was, like, right at the end. I think he was singing Radio Gaga. And he made eye contact with me. (gasps) And told me to like stand up and like clap my hands because I, I was that a bit like good some answer. people were standing up some people weren't I like hesitated he looked at me and was like you're standing up I was like yes I will Roger I will do anything <laughs> you tell me you. yeah um <laughs> oh my god that's a good anecdote uh-huh yeah so um if he does a tour again would recommend I mean he's not the best at singing anymore I mean he's like 80 odd but he definitely puts up a good performance and I have to say his band he had with him were phenomenal i think the drummer he had with him was the one that actually tours with um queen and adam lambert um Mm -hmm. and then there was this girl i can't remember her name but she could play like five instruments she got up with a violin at one point (laughs) she was playing the keyboard she could sing um impressive she was like incredible so yeah um it was for his outsider album that he put out last year so if he ever does a tour again like you heard Would it recommend. here first. Uh-huh. Go see Roger Taylor if he's on tour. So our next song, having had that discussion, is Sadie. Would you like to introduce? Um, it is Seven Seas of Rye from their second album, Queen Two. Here we go.
Queen with Seven Seas of Rye. So our next song is um, called Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. So Sadie knows a lot more about glam rock. Um, yeah, well, glam rock was the beginning of the 70s. Okay. The Ramones is like punk rock. Punk rock. Um, okay. I cocked up there. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, it marked a very big change in an attitude towards music because punk rock was uh, very much a like rebellion against. But like the Sex Pistols. Yeah. I mean, they literally slapped an album title over the Queen's face. Yeah. Um, so it was very much a rebellion against kind of very big produced music. They like really didn't like bands like Led Zeppelin. They really didn't like Queen. Um, there's a very funny story actually of the Sex Pistols because they recorded um, Nevermind the Bollocks in uh, the same studio that Queen recorded News of the World. Oh God. <laughs> Do you know this story? No, I don't. So, but I'm already imagining this so is going to be interesting. Freddie Mercury and Sid Vicious had a few encounters. Um, oh and there was one, there's one story of um, Sid Vicious going, oh, I've heard you're trying to bring ballet to the masses or something. <laughs> like, the, he was a character. Um, yes. And then I think Freddie's response was something like calling him Simon Ferocious. <laughs> Which I find absolutely hilarious. You can imagine what it was like. I mean, Freddie, an icon. Uh, Uh, Honestly, I can just imagine like him just sort of sassily uh like saying that to Sid Fish. They're quite different characters, like Mm -hmm. yin and yang. So you can imagine. Yeah. Um. And to be a fly on the wall. Uh huh. Obviously, you have uh, the Clash. You have the Ramones, and then kind of post-punk if you can call I don't know what the right genre term would it be for it but you've got the police you've got Blondie um, I love Blondie which kind of they kind of round off the 70s almost and kind of set the tone for what the 80s is going to be we'll be finishing today actually with some Blondie because Sadie put hanging on the telephone on our playlist I love Blondie and they are just brilliant and um, what will be nice is that will fit nicely into next week's 80s show but I've gone off piece so the Ramones are next yeah um so to be honest i don't know that much about the ramones i have to admit i know a lot about the clash i probably should have put a clash song on here i did a whole essay on the clash Um, my first essay at university was on the clash so i know a lot about um like it was very much tied to the idea of protest um you had the rock against racism concert yes um in i think it was 1978 yeah i think it was late 70s yeah um so it was very much rebellion against artists like a certain Eric Clapton who, <laughs> oh, ha- who had certain views on certain things and they weren't very nice views. Um, no, uh, last week I was at one of my friends and he put on a Eric Clapton song and he was like, Eric Clapton's a bit of a moron. I have put moron in there. That wasn't the word he no. used. But we're on radio. And he was like, but he is annoyingly like, I like his music. No, I'm... I did. A lot of people have that conflict. Yeah. I, I will admit I have put an Eric Clapton song on um, this playlist, so we might hear that later. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, a, it, it was counterculture to the counterculture from previously. It's like a cycle of counterculture. It's Yeah, we like that, great. we like that. So without further ado, Sadie, if you would like to introduce our next song. Mm-hmm. This is Blitzkrieg Bot by the Ramones. 
I mean, oh, if I had to pick, it it would probably be gone my... to your head. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they were created in I think it's 1968 um, by uh, Jimmy Page, who was actually a member of the Yardbirds, which were kind of like a Beatles adjacent band that evolved into its own thing. Um, famously, had Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck as other guitarists um, that were also in the Yardbirds, um, and I think. Jimmy Page's initial plan was to call Led Zeppelin the New Yardbirds. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same. Reason no. As Led um, Zeppelin. Yeah, uh, I don't actually know the story behind the name Led Zeppelin, but um, it sounds cool. It sounds. Cool. Yeah, um, he found Robert Plant, um, John Paul Jones, and obviously the incredible drummer John Bonham, um, who I mean it's so difficult to put into words how good of a drummer he is but he can like do two different time signatures at once okay, that's, he, it, i don't know much uh, about drumming but, but that's impressive um apparently they used to laugh when they all saw other bands who'd have two bass drums because they couldn't move their legs fast enough because john bonham could um <laughs> yeah um and for me, Led Zeppelin is the perfect mix between... I love, like, the blues um, of the early 60s, like Muddy Waters, um, 
And then going back even further, looking at like Robert Johnson and Sun House and stuff like that. So um, obviously Led Zeppelin took a large amount of inspiration from them, but also from like folklore. So they've got lots of references to Lord of the Rings in there. Um, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, then... Uh-huh, Robert Plant had like a long love affair with Welsh folklore, um, okay. which, he, <laughs> um, which he includes in a lot of his songs. Um, and I mean... It's just four incredible musicians that got put together and just made something amazing. Um, uh, so I think the song I've put on there is Rock and Roll. Um, uh, I will just check for you. So uh, yeah, Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. So shall we take it away? Mm-hmm. So here we go. Okay. Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> Still getting my hand. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Apologies for that, ladies and gentlemen. That was really <laughs> exciting. Um, so, without further ado, apologies once again. I'm still still getting the hang of this. This is Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin.
in the end. <laughs> oh, apologies for that once again. So our next song choice, I feel like you can't talk about the 70s without talking about Iggy Pop. Um, obviously in the 80s, him and David Bowie went off to Berlin and well, I'm gonna talk about that next week. But I feel like uh, the next song, Wild Child, or A Real Wild Child rather, is uh, it's just such a like fun song. Um, if you've seen the <laughs> cult classic film that is Wild Child, there is a cover of this song in that. Um, I just think it reminds you, me of being like youthful, well, not that I'm old, but like it's just like the joys of being young and like it reminds me of like just having fun with your friends and like yeah, being badly behaved. <laughs> um, I'm going to stop waffling. So our next song is Iggy Pop. And yeah, he tried to button on Led Zeppelin earlier. Like, <laughs> that was not gonna work. So we're going to go for Iggy Pop and Real Wild Child. So here we go. Wild School, like a real, real cool. Gotta dance like a fool. 
Pop with Real Wild Child. So our next song choice, um, there's a backstory to it, Sadie informs me. So our next song choice is going to be Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. And I'm going to now hand over to Sadie to give you the backstory to this. Uh-huh. So um, obviously Derek and the Dominoes is the one and only Eric Clapton. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, okay. So um, the backstory behind this song is um, that in the late 60s, George Harrison and Eric Clapton were very, very good friends. Um, he played guitar on quite a few of the Beatles songs that George Harrison wrote. Um, and obviously George Harrison was married to actress Patty Boyd. She is gorgeous. Who is gorgeous. Like, I mean, wow. yeah, fashion icon of the 60s, like encapsulated the mod, like fashion. Um, hair, amazing The hair, hair is amazing. <laughs> um, and, uh, George Harrison and Patty Boyd actually met on the set of A Hard Day's Night, which I find quite funny. Um, That's the Beatles song, right? Um, oh, well, it was the film um, okay. that they put out. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know that much. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I feel like I've very quickly gone back to talking about the Beatles. Um, I'm not... Always signing away, Sadie. I'm not that much of a Beatles fanat- fanatic, I promise. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the story goes is that George Harrison and Patty's Boyd marriage at the end of the 60s isn't going very well. Um, and George Harrison's best friend, Eric Clapton, oh, writes a song called Layla. Layla is about George Harrison's wife. That's not awkward. <laughs> um, so um, eventually, um, George and Patty get divorced and Patty leaves George for Eric. Oh, that's... This was like the biggest drama that went on in like the early 70s. Um, that is a slight stab so, in the back. But strangely enough, George Harrison didn't really care. Okay. And it, him and Eric Clapton stayed very good friends for the whole of George Harrison's Sharing life. Sharing is caring? Des- despite the fact that um, he married his, his wife. wife. Yeah. Um, obviously, Patty and um, Eric Clapton also did not work out. Um, Eric Clapton <laughs> was not a very nice person. Um, no, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Um, a real character. Um, but yeah, that is kind of the backstory behind the song Layla. I think it's based on, I don't quite know, it's some mythology that Eric Clapton was like, wow, I really relate to this being in love with my best friend's wife. It's like, don't we all? okay, Eric, I think you're just jealous of the fact George is a better guitar player than you. There, I said it. <laughs> okay, that's on radio now. That's not recorded saying that for posterity. So without further ado and more controversy, mm-hmm. um, we're going to put on Layla.
Leela by Derek and the Dominoes. And a very interesting backstory. I didn't know all the Patty Boyd, George Harrison, Eric Clapton drama, but yeah, turns out sharing really is caring. <laughs> um, so uh, Leila was, I didn't realise until I heard it that I knew it. And I was I said to Sadie, I was like, oh my God, I do recognise this. The guitar riff is... Uh-huh. I did say as soon as it went on, I, I might have to take that statement back. Um, I think it's just because I love George Harrison, but um, I think Eric Clapton might be a bit better. Um, but don't tell George I said that. He d- I think George Harrison is the best dressed Beatle. I mean, not that oh. Eric Clapton's a Beatle, oh, yeah. but he did dress well. Uh-huh, yeah. so he's he- a very good technical guitarist, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, and he's winning in the style stakes, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Sadie's just fessed up, but he is, in fact, not quite as good as Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that Eric Clapton's not very nice. <laughs> no. Um, so we were making this playlist, and Sadie and I came to the conclusion that we couldn't do, like, the 70s without doing the Bee Gees, because I feel like they're so synonymous with the 70s. So... Saturday Night Fever, another film synonymous with the 70s. Um, so much polyester in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you have John Travolta, the iconic like sort of dance moves. Like I keep seeing people on TikTok doing the Saturday Night Fever like <laughs> dance routine. There was this TikTok the other day, there was a five-year-old and I was like five years old, I would not know how to do no. that. Um, and I think whenever I see one of those like disc, I call them disco floors, you know, the like rainbow light up floor. Yeah. I always think, I always think of Saturday Night Fever and then feel the urge to start mm-hmm. doing the like cringy disco moves, which I have been known to bust out in clubs before. I mean, I feel like I might have like- <laughs> Probably <laughs> on Abba Fleetwood Mac night. Yeah. Um, my sister, yeah, Millie finds the whole ordeal of me dancing in a club, particularly when I start doing Saturday Night Fever-esque <laughs> disco dancing, mortifying. We went out Friday night and she was like, don't you dare start dancing like a weirdo. <laughs> I was like, okay, rein it in, rein it in. But yeah, so this next song is uh, Sadie Pig. So Sadie, if you would like to introduce. Yes, this is More Than A Woman by the Bee Gees. Here we go. And having a few technical issues there please bear with me a second um i'm not quite sure what's going on here in the studio today um yeah um, apologize for apologies for that not technical quite mishap. Sure i'm happening. still getting used to things um, in the studio yeah, um, we had a bit of a mishap earlier anyway uh, apologies for that and this is now the Bee Gees with more than a woman here we go <laughs>
when we got there in the end. Apologies, apologies rather for that. As I said, I'm still still getting the hang of everything around here. So our next song choice is do, 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 um, Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. And I feel like this is another kind of quite groovy 70s tune. I just really like it. Um, I don't really think there's like much more to say about this song. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put on uh, Play That Funky Music. After that, we will have I Feel Love by Donna Summer, which is another kind of classic disco-y tune. I feel like I've learned so much today about like the origins of disco music. Um, all those poor black artists that didn't get the credit they so like rightly deserved. Hopefully now, well, at least now I have an awareness and hopefully other people will start to and give these artists the credit they so like deserve. So without further ado, I'm going to put on Wild Cherry and hopefully there'll be no technical mishaps this time. Um, apologies once again for that. And uh, then we're gonna have some Donna Summer.
that was a slightly shorter version of Donna Summer, I Feel Love, and Play That Funky Music uh, by Wild Cherry. Um, this is because Sadie and I are running out of time and we have some tunes that we want to play you. Uh, we were just discussing how I had been at a society event uh, one evening at the pub and someone had rolled up and been like, I just saw a girl dressed up as Stevie Nicks <laughs> at uh, GDS and uh, I knew straight away who it was. Yeah, well, I had, um, it was my flatmate's birthday party and we had to dress up as something that began with the same letter as our name did. And I was like, well, I kind of dress like Stevie Nicks anyway. <laughs> I can vouch for this. Uh -huh. Sadie is wearing the sickest pair of psychedelic flares Thank this you. morning. Thank and you. The, yeah, the 70s, what a decade for fashion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I reference it a lot. Um, we both love a flare. Yes. I don't not wear flares at this point. They're flattering. They're mm -hmm. flattering. Mm -hmm. And like these days you can get them in like every color of the rainbow exactly um so i'm gonna stop waffling because we have a schedule to stick to so our next song is sympathy for the devil by the rolling stones and sadie actually had an interesting anecdote that i don't know about so yeah I'm well it's not an anecdote as such it's more a recommendation because um a few weeks ago i watched a film called performance that has mick jagger in it and it's a very avant-garde film <laughs> we'll put it that way um but i would recommend it if you're very much it i think it was released in 1970 but it's very much more 60s like it's very like the psychedelic influences okay. I, we know um, mick jagger liked psychedelic yeah. influences um, in every sense <laughs> but um a funny story from that is that um one of the actresses in it was Keith Richards' wife at the time. Okay. Um, and she was playing... Is that Anita Pallenberg? Yes, yes. that would be Anita she Pallenberg. She looks like... I love her as like a style reference, but she also looks like she would beat Keith Richards up. Like uh -huh. She looks like the kind oh, of woman you oh, yes. Um, but um, she plays... Love interest could be a word that you say of Mick Jagger's character. Oh, as I say, yeah, it's a very avant-garde film. But they have some intimate scenes. Okay, so we've got another George Harrison, Eric Clapton, but slightly yeah. worse. Well, the funny part is, is that apparently those intimate scenes were not necessarily acting. Oh, <laughs> As I say, avant-garde. Um, okay. I mean, it doesn't show anything. But, um, I mean, you could just imagine what Keith Richards was like watching, this watching Mick Jagger with his wife. Oh, God. So, we, we've, I feel like this morning we've established 70s, like, musicians. They love to share, borrow, swap wives. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine with them. Yeah, no. <laughs> sharing is apparently caring. So, poor Keith Richards is watching... Mick and Anita having a lot of fun without him. That's wow. Yeah, uh -huh. but I would recommend it. It's a very like interesting look into not only like people's ideas of the sixties, but also 
art and avant-garde art as a piece um and not many people have heard about it surprisingly um like yeah, that is surprising. I, drama. I, I talked to quite because obviously mick jagger is in quite a few films but um when i brought it up to people they were like i haven't heard of that one so um if you get a chance um i would recommend it, it. yeah give it a watch so on that note uh i'm going to play sympathy for the devil um and yeah i i hope you enjoy it and yeah now we know today's show so thank you for coming on Sadie and being my guest and talking all things 70s with me Mm -hmm. it's been uh, really lovely to have some company 
and find out things I didn't know. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's, it's been, been a lot of fun. You'll have to come on again. Uh-huh. Mine and Sadie's playlist is available on my Spotify. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to the tracks we played and some of the tracks we didn't get a chance to because there were quite a lot on there. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed having you on today mm-hmm. and it's been nice to find out things about the 70s that I didn't know. So the origins of disco music, mm-hmm. Keith Mick, their girl swapping, <laughs> Eric and George and Patty Boyd. We've had quite a few love triangles I know, today. surprisingly. I've, and there's so much more to talk about when it comes to the 70s. It was... Um, Truly a decade. A real decade. Uh Lots went on. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's an understatement. I mean, I didn't realise as well, there were so many, like, different bands emerging and, like, really pushing the boundaries of what was, like, seen as, like, music at the Mm -hmm. time. And, like, Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney sort of setting the kind of precedent for indie rock and then you had like Led Zeppelin coming along like I feel like there are so many different facets to the 70s so I think we're gonna have to get you on again because <laughs> that's absolutely fine with me there's so. so much we haven't talked about so our next song choice was one of Sadie's picks um hanging on the telephone what made you pick this one Sadie um well I thought it was a quite good way to round it off obviously Blondie they had their first album come out in the late 70s, but obviously were a popular band more in like the early 80s. Um, so I thought it would be a good way. I mean, you said you're doing an 80s week next week. Yes. Um, so good it's way to kind nice of lead in. Straddling the uh-huh. decades. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. And we, I will see you next week where I will be looking at the 80s. I'll be giving you some of my picks of the week and the scoop on uh, Chelsea, apparently. Uh, where to eat, where to go, where to party. So uh, I'm going to let Sadie introduce this one. So over to you, Sadie. So this is Hanging on the Telephone by Blondie. I'm in the phone book.